This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's 12.03, Friday afternoon, January 28th, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Political tensions forcing sponsors to downplay their involvement in the Winter Olympics. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, a gauge that measures inflation reports the biggest gain since 1983. We welcome in Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services based in Pittsburgh. Gus, thanks for joining us today. Now, when it comes to this uh, this key measure, of inflation, 4.9%. That's when you take out some of the more volatile sectors of the economy, like food and energy. And it tells you the story that everybody has known, you know, pretty much if you go anywhere and buy anything, that prices are indeed higher today compared to a year ago. Uh, absolutely. And it's not just for food and energy, but it's for a lot of the things that we buy. Uh, now, a lot of that is driven by very strong demand coming out of the pandemic for things like new and used cars, airfares, hotels. But we are starting to see broader inflationary pressures in the United States. With uh, inflation running ahead of uh, salary growth, uh, what does this mean for some of the concerns that some economists have about a wage price spiral uh, uh, getting kicked off uh, in the in the in the not too distant future? Yeah, the, the, the concern there is is that uh, high inflation leads to higher wages for workers. That in turn leads to higher prices and continued higher inflation. Uh, we'll have to see that, how that play out. Uh, I think that you know we, we are likely to see a bit slower inflation over the course of 2022 as some of these pandemic-related price pressures fade, but certainly wage growth remains very strong with the tight labor market and businesses competing for workers. The Fed tightening money support supply uh, just based on trying to combat inflation because the rate of inflation has blown past their uh, 2% target that they set for uh, raising interest rates. Now, is this analysis, but it sounds like in a way for the Fed, this could be a bet that uh, this is that monetary policy can solve this problem and not just uh, uh, Omicron or COVID fading into the background and, and easing some of those supply chain disruptions. I, I think it's going to be a combination of both of those factors. So we will see the pandemic fading, and that should help reduce some inflationary pressures. But the Fed is doing what they typically do in this type of situation, where inflation is too high from their perspective. They're raising interest rates. That will take a little bit of the steam off the economy, allow for a little bit slower growth. And that should also reduce inflationary pressures and, and get the economy back to that 2% inflation that the Fed wants to see. Is inflation holding back some of that pent-up demand in the uh, in, in in the U.S. Uh, consumer base that's been building since 2020? 
I mean, that's there's no question. That's what inflation does. If we see higher prices for some goods and services, then consumers are going to cut back on that and they'll substitute for lower price goods. Uh, that is typically what we see, uh, and that is taking place, and and uh, that also may help contain some of those inflationary pressures. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon, Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services, based in Pittsburgh. Coming up, pressure on companies sponsoring the Beijing Winter Olympics. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Some sponsors of the Beijing Winter Olympics are being accused of undermining diplomatic boycotts. Joining us to discuss this is Tom Layson, Seattle-based media analyst. You can find him on Twitter, at Tom Layson. Tom, thanks for joining us today. The Winter Olympics are uh, bearing down on us, and maybe it's COVID, maybe it's the international situation, or maybe I just had this halo effect from childhood, but it doesn't seem like the culture-conquering event that they used to be. Uh, Absolutely. And there's a political piece to that, of course, this year. But I think that's been a trend here for a while that we've talked about. The fragmentation of the audience, the fragmentation of the broadcast and the platforms, you throw in a time zone change and a few other things. It's already difficult. But this year for the Winter Olympics, um, you know, let's face it, advertisers want the eyeballs, but not the politics. So some are definitely downplaying their involvements before the games, um, only to emerge at the competitions. Um, They do not want to be the story uh, going into this. And isn't it also a case, I mean, we saw this in Tokyo last year with the uh, uh, delayed summer games from 2020, is that these events just aren't the same if you don't have that, if, if, if you're not watching it in an arena full of people, if it's, it's, if it's being played in a silent facility, it's just very weird as a viewer. It is very weird. You know, the spectator list part of this is, is a factor in that as well. So it's going to be when, when you take all this and you aggregate it, um, you see how far it strays from broadcast television's real strength, which is uh, aggregating a huge audience for big live events. And that's really not possible with Winter Olympics from China. So the -the over-the-top streaming solutions have delivered audiences, but it's just a little bit different. And again, with with this claim of sports washing the event, with concerns about human rights, you're seeing the big advertisers, Coke and Intel and Visa and others, really trying to navigate this minefield. Um, They've been asked to cut ties with the event because of human rights, but it all comes down to a very basic risk-reward calculation for those for those corporations. And not too long ago, being an Olympic advertiser was a slam dunk. The official drink of the Olympic Games, the official car, the uh, official this, that, and the other thing of the U.S. Olympic team. That used to be a very easy value proposition. And now uh, you have to have a Ph.D. in international relations to uh, make those sponsorships work. You do. You also have to have a PHB in making targeted ad buys because, again, the platforms are so fragmented. It is not easy to go in there as a buyer and, dro- and, and drop a couple of million bucks um, on, onto a couple of events and to get into the schedule and walk away. It's extremely complicated. Now, NBC is saying that their avails are all sold out, um, but, you know, that's what that's what they're claiming. It's, it's kind of hard to see that, though, with the lack of this this lack of a pregame buzz 
and a sort of preparing of the playing field, if you will, with advertisers, sponsorships, and all the things you gesture at. Well, very quick, I was going to say, uh, you know, in, in broadcasting lore, the uh, the boycott of the 1980 Summer Olympics turned into a massive white elephant for NBC, who had paid handsomely <laughs> for the rights to the games, and now they've been dealt two blows. You know, Tokyo 2020 being delayed, then being a diminished event, and now you have the Beijing Olympics taking place in the midst of international crisis. Yeah, a couple billion dollars here and there, and pretty soon you're talking about real money. Um, it, it's it's hard to know without really being able to crack open the books for NBC Universal where they land on this stuff. Um, but again, I think the interesting thing is they are saying that their broadcast avails are gone. Um, I haven't seen anything about what their prices are. You know, it's six point five million bucks for a thirty on the Super Bowl. I have a feeling they're not getting anything close to that for these Winter Olympics. Tom Layson, thanks for joining us this afternoon talking about uh, Winter Olympics advertising. The best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Shares of Apple are higher today as the company reported strong quarterly earnings despite some nagging supply chain issues. Joining us with the latest details is Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management and Fox News business contributor based in Orlando, the website GaryK.com. Gary, thanks for joining us today. Not only is this kind of a blowout fourth quarter report for Apple, but it's uh, lifting the stock market as a whole. It's like investors are saying, at last, some good news. <laughs> well, uh, the juggernaut continues. Uh, and look, Apple has 16 billion shares outstanding. So every dollar is 16 billion. Its market cap is up about 130 billion today. That's a big Fortune 500 company just in its move today. So that will move markets. Uh, numbers really good uh, uh, in the fact that supply chain's a little bit rough. The fact that they can grow their earnings 25%. Uh, when they already do 300 and some odd billion in revenues, they have 15 billion in sales and wearables and accessories now, 20 billion in services. Uh, their ecosystem that they created is just magnificent business decisions that books for, for the next couple of centuries will be written about. And uh, it, this is more remarkable because they did this while running uphill, in effect. They, While Tim Cook said their supply chain issues are easing, they're still present. And this also uh, had to factor in the fact that some of the uh, Apple stores had to close because of the Omicron variant at the end of December. Exactly. So when you deliver under strained circumstances... Uh, it, it, it sticks out. I call Apple an outlier at this point in time because so many other companies not even doing close to uh, what they're doing. And, uh, you know, the stock I would suggest is still a keeper. My biggest issue here, it's up in the trees as far as its uh, all-time valuations. But uh, without a doubt, it's a tiptoe through the tulips uh, compared to the average growth stock in the market that has actually been slaughtered over the last uh, six months. And, you know, very quickly, you know, what is it about Apple that makes them different from the other tech companies that allows them to do as well as they did in this environment? Uh, people love their products. It's as simple as that. Uh, they price them in a way where people continue to buy, so they have a very good feel uh, for the clientele. And as I said, the word ecosystem, uh, everything basically attaches to each other in the Apple system. So you have to pay for some services, uh, maybe get the, uh, the little things you put in your ear, uh, you attach things to the iMac, whatever it may be. 
Uh, and, and they look, they planned this out very well. They delivered it very well. And you're seeing it in droves. And that's how you get uh, a company that's sitting just under a three trillion dollar market cap. Uh, we are in rarefied air, my friend. Well, thanks for joining us, Gary Kalpam, President Kalpam Capital Management, Fox News business contributor based in Orlando. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Still ahead, an entrepreneur Friday turning your passion into a thriving business. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio. WBBM Lake Effect Snow wreaking havoc on the roads today. We'll have an update on both the forecast and what your drive home will look like. President Biden on the scene of a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh that didn't kill anyone but sent a lot of people to the hospital. It's Entrepreneur Friday talking to a person who turned his hobby into a business and the impact of an East Coast winter storm on air travel. Business right now, the markets are up. The Dow is up 187 points. The Nasdaq is up 224. The S&P 500 is up 51. AccuWeather says that winter storm warning for central and northern Cook County continues until 2 o'clock this afternoon. The lake effect snow bands uh, will move out, though, AccuWeather says, by later this afternoon. It's 1231. The lake effect snow did uh, lead for a mixed bag during the morning commute, especially if you live north of the city. The story from WBBM's Mike. Krauser. This snow event left some wondering what's the big deal. Lake effect snow can be like that. One area gets hammered, another nothing. We're in the Bridgeport neighborhood where several inches was on the ground by daybreak, less as you moved closer to the lake. Side streets have been difficult here. Streets and Sanitation Commissioner Cole Stallard says plows and salt spreaders have been focusing on main routes, then they'll do the side streets. Lake effect you just can't predict. Uh, I'm hoping uh, sometime early afternoon. So when people come home in that uh, uh, early uh, that evening commute, they will uh, see spreaders through their neighborhoods. Streets and Sands said this snow has prompted what it calls a phase three response, sending out nearly 300 pieces of equipment. That's the story from the streets. President Biden is on the scene of a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He was going to Pittsburgh to talk about the infrastructure bill that passed Congress last year that includes money for bridge maintenance and repair. Authorities say there are minor injuries but no deaths after the two-lane bridge came down. Rescuers were rappelling nearly 150 feet into a creek while others formed a human chain to aid passengers on a dangling bus. The steel span was built in 1970, and the Transportation Department lists its overall condition as poor. The collapse underscores the president's calls to improve or rebuild the nation's crumbling roads and bridges. He was already scheduled to appear just two miles from the collapse site. The White House says the visit is still on. 
Sagar Magani, Washington. It's 1233 as the noon business hour continues. Stocks are trading higher today. Joining us with the latest on what's moving Wall Street is Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, Clearset Advisors, based in New York. Jim, uh, at first blush, it looks like the markets are on track for their first uh, winning week of 2022. Uh, cross your fingers, uh, assuming this trend holds up for the next uh, two and a half hours. Yeah, it's a tug of war at this point. The uh, the negative is that we're uh, we're in for a sustained period uh, of increased interest rates by the Fed, uh, and in the short term, inflation is likely to remain elevated. Uh, the positive is that, in spite of all that, the economy remains basically strong uh, for now, and the earnings reports uh, are coming in reasonably well, uh, particularly uh, as, as uh, uh, shown by Apple last night. So you've done an awful lot of damage in the month of January. Uh, I guess the Nasdaq is down 15 percent, the S&P 9 or 10 percent. So I think you've discounted a lot of the bad news. and You should get some support from earnings. Uh, but we're not going to have an all clear until we get greater clarity a few months out into what inflation looks like and how aggressive the Fed's going to have to be. It seems like these wild swings in the market, especially this week, that thousand point swing uh, at, at the end of the day, just a couple of days ago, seems to be a sign that investors are just as confused as the rest of us about just the state of things right now. Uh, what, what do you make of the economy? Is it uh, the strongest since the 1980s? Is inflation a threat? Are geopolitical forces going to be a, a, a major a threat to our economic recovery. It's just the, the pundits don't know, and investors are having a hard time uh, wrapping their heads around it, too. Right. Well, what we know so far is that the fourth quarter was strong, but that it softened in December uh, due somewhat to Omicron, somewhat to consumers pulling back uh, in the face of uh, higher prices and uh, somewhat due to consumer confidence eroding because of uh, Omicron and higher prices. The expectation is that we will continue to grow uh, at around a 2% rate uh, in the first quarter, uh, but then the Fed interest rate increases will act as a headwind in the second quarter. So the question becomes, can Powell land the plane safely? Can he raise interest rates enough to curb inflation without killing the economy? We don't know yet, but history would suggest that betting against the U.S. economy is a mistake. Betting against the U.S. stock market is a mistake. So what I would urge investors is during periods of weakness like January, uh, you can buy high-quality companies. Do not bottom fish in, in the fad companies of last year, the SPACs, the electronic vehicles. Uh, you know, there was a lot of speculation by individual traders uh, spe- uh, gambling on their, with their stimulus checks. Those stocks aren't coming back. But if you can buy quality stocks like Microsoft and Amazon and Apple, uh, when they're down a lot in a month, you're going to end up making good money. And very quickly, we, it's interesting you mentioned that as we arrive at the the one-year anniversary of the meme stock craze. And it, it was a lot of people who had a lot of time on their hands and uh, some extra money because of uh, stimulus checks. Uh Let's look. Let's look back on that very quickly. Uh, you know your your assessment of that era, and and did these uh, investors who jumped in just to play around did they learn a thing or two along the way? 
Well, uh, it was it was due to the fact that you had free money, people at home with stimulus checks. I would say it is a, a one-off, unlikely to be repeated. It's somewhat like the tech uh, speculation late 99 uh, and 2000. Those stocks aren't coming back. And I think that those those investors who, who did that uh, are in the process of learning their lesson. And hopefully they'll regroup and, and migrate to, towards longer-term investing in quality companies. Because if they try to bottom fish in those companies, they're going to lose more. Thanks for joining us, Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, Clearstead Advisors, based in New York. Coming up next on Entrepreneur Friday, maybe the last leather wallet you'll ever buy. We'll explain. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday. Friday on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Today we meet a man who took his hobby of producing leather goods and turned it into a thriving business. We welcome in Nikola Arangelovich, founder and craftsman behind Cash and Card Leather Company based in Northbrook. Uh, Nikola, thanks for joining us today. When did you discover, Nikola, that you had a knack for uh, working with leather? Hey, I'm happy to be here. Um, I started leather work as just a simple hobby, like you said. And uh, the reason I got into it was I needed to make some Christmas gifts and I'd already been looking at it. And I'm like, "Eh, what the hell? I might as well just jump in. And uh, then I realized that I had a, I had a talent for it, and then I just kept doing it, and here we are. And is was this something that you uh, were where you started doing it, like in Cub Scout projects or Boy Scout projects, long ago, and then came back to it? Uh, no, I had always kind of liked working with my hands, but I only started doing leather work um, at that time, like I don't know, three years ago. And then those uh, those gifts that you had to make, uh, that you chose to make uh, leather products. Uh, what were they, and how were they received? Uh, one was a backpack and another one was like kind of a little belt pouch. Um, and they were received really well. Both of the people I made them for absolutely loved them. And I just realized that, you know what, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And I just kept doing it. Now, did you always have like an eye for uh, fashion or design even before you took up uh, leather as a hobby? Yeah, I was always kind of into men's fashion. And, uh, throughout my high school years, I experimented with all kinds of different like fashion types until I kind of found my groove in like the more rugged outdoorsy uh, men's style. And then I, and then I started to get into leather work and it was kind of just like a natural progression from that. And that kind of influenced my overall style of my brand. And when was the moment where you said, ah, this is, this is, this is more than just a hobby. This can be a, this can be a way of life. This can be a business. Um, It's probably when I was at a party and I just, off the cuff sold like three wallets to some people I knew. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. People actually want these. I could actually turn this into something that I could do for a living. I always knew that I wanted to run my own business and I wanted to work for myself. I just didn't know what I was going to do until then. What are some of the things that you have learned as an entrepreneur since you have gone into business for yourself? Uh, The biggest thing is to stop deliberating and to just jump in and do something. If you have an idea for a business, just jump in and you will learn infinitely more than you will reading books and watching videos and just thinking about it. Um, I, there's a term called, it's, uh, it's paralyzation by deliberation. And it's just people have an idea for like 20 years and they never act on it. And they see other people who it looks like they, it looks like they, made their business overnight. But what you don't see is that they had to try 
out like eight different ideas before they actually got to the one they wanted. And so my biggest, my biggest piece of advice, my biggest thing that I learned is to just do it. Nikola Arangelovich, thank you for joining us today. He is the founder and craftsman behind the Cash and Card Leather Company based in Northbrook. The website, cashcardleather.com. This week's Entrepreneur on Entrepreneur Friday. Still to come, airlines cancel hundreds of flights ahead of a massive winter storm out east. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Reports of severe winds and heavy snow across the Northeast are forcing airlines to cancel flights. We welcome in Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Service and Director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul University in Chicago. Joe, thanks for joining us today. The airlines can't catch a break, can they? <laughs> well, this one's uh, almost if you could design a storm with high winds to cover the most population possible. Uh, this Northeast storm is doing that, kind of extending up from Raleigh to Boston. It's uh, not pretty out there right now for for flying tomorrow. Yeah, it's basically hitting uh, every airline's major hub uh, for for thousands of miles on the East Coast, and the airlines don't even want to send their planes into it and 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 knock their entire uh, you know fleet utilization schedule out of whack. That's right, and JetBlue has got the worst of it with hubs at JFK in New York and Boston Logan, so they've pulled down about half their schedule for tomorrow. Uh, United's pulled down quite a bit in Newark, but they're playing it by ear a little bit. Right now, they've only canceled, uh, uh, you know, maybe 15, 20% of their East Coast schedule, uh, but we expect to hear a little more, you know, soon. I think what we're seeing is uh, the high winds combined with that have made flying up and down the East Coast, uh, you know, kind of prohibitive. But, you know, travelers shouldn't panic right yet. Uh, some of the East Coast schedule may indeed uh, operate tomorrow and Sunday. There have been, uh, so far this year, the East Coast has gotten pummeled with uh, winter weather. Uh, and, and in some places where winter weather is normally not expected, for example, several inches of snow in Virginia Beach, Virginia, of all places. And uh, is this enough to uh, have a serious uh, uh, effect on uh, airlines' finances as they struggle not only with uh, uh, weather, severe weather, in their hub cities in the East Coast, but also the ongoing Omicron disruptions. Oh, that's right. And I know that fortunately what we're seeing here in the East Coast yet hasn't evolved into sort of a major quarterly financial impact, except for probably JetBlue. Uh, But you combine uh, airlines being nickel and dimed, if you will, with all the cancellations due to labor shortages, some bad weather, and Omicron, and, you know, they just indeed can't cut a break. I think, you know, the good news here is that we are really in the slowest uh, time of the year. I've been to the airport a few times and have been shocked at how different it is now versus, you know, January 2nd or 3rd. And uh, so we'll see on this one. O'Hare hasn't been affected too bad by yesterday's snow. We had 173 cancellations, which is just, uh, uh, you know, sounds like a lot, but that's uh, a fairly small percent. But uh uh, this weekend will be a tough one. Thanks for joining us, Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services, Director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul University, based in Chicago. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 
Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.